Welcome to the Anxious in Austin yeah, podcast. Welcome. Anxious in Austin podcast. We are back. Um, Mary Ann Stout. And Thomas Michigan. <laughs> PhD working at the Anxiety Treatment Center of Austin. Yeah. Here th- in Austin, Texas. Thanks for, for listening to us. Yeah. Today, we decided um, to do a great podcast focused on... Oh, <laughs> we, made a, we made a choice to make it great today. Well, I think it's, I don't know if like, it's, it's going good. to be great, uh-huh. but the topic I think is great. I think as far as like a public service, it's a much needed awesome. public service. Awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so we are talking about perinatal OCD. Woo! everybody's favorite subject perinatal being what perinatal mean i mean different people have different strict definitions but usually it's like pregnancy in the first year after childbirth is like what it's encompassing there. okay okay so so when because i was thinking it was called postpartum well postpartum is after uh-huh. birth but, but perinatal but, includes then the pregnancy piece okay. um because uh-huh. the ocd happens a lot then too doesn't care whether the baby is out or in. No. Is out or in. Okay. Um, yeah, and it is a little different, I'd say, in like mm-hmm. just clinically speaking, what I've worked with. That perinatal really focuses on, um, like, I might be responsible for accidentally harming the baby through like getting sick or being contaminated in some way. Wow. Whereas this is just clinically speaking, yeah. postpartum often is more of those like horrific images of. What if I hurt my baby? Kind of thing. Okay. So okay. Can, sometimes can, can you back up a little bit? And just yes. Tell sorry. Us what is? <laughs> what is? <laughs> so OCD, what, what is this? obsessive okay. compulsive disorder, yeah. um, comprised of two pieces: the obsession, or we think of like intrusive thoughts, usually of bizarre nature. I think most people in the public probably think of um, what's that movie with Jack Nicholson, like Contamination OCD, where. You have a as thought. good as it gets? Yes. Where yeah. you have a thought uh-huh. of maybe I was I contracted HIV or mm-hmm. touched something that's going to get me really sick in some way. So that would be the, the obsession piece, right? There's an intrusive thought that some bizarre thing, something mm-hmm. bad is going to happen. A lot of people will report like, oh, I um, have thought of what if my house burns down because did I really turn off mm-hmm. the stove or things like oh, that. Gotcha. So, so scary, scary intrusive thought. Is yes. Yeah. Scary intrusive thought comes, it causes your anxiety or just plain discomfort. It's not always strictly anxiety to mm-hmm. sharply increase. Um, and then the compulsion part being I need to do or think something to negate it, to kind mm-hmm. of make myself feel better. In, to, in order to calm down and yes, feel comfortable. To yeah. make the, that discomfort or anxiety piece go away quickly. Okay. Okay. So that's when you see people like, oh, I've got to wash my hands a bunch. It, that's the compulsion piece, yeah. right? I had the intrusive thought, which you can't see, of maybe I was contaminated or I touched something. The compulsion being I need to wash my hands mm-hmm. multiple times or whatever um, to reduce my anxiety or my discomfort with that thought. Got you. So obsession, compulsion. Yes. Yeah. Obsession, discomfort, compulsion, yeah. reduced okay. discomfort or anxiety. Um, So, and with perinatal OCD, it is focused primarily, it's using this time period, right? Like pregnancy and soon after birth. Um, And the obsessions are a little different. Those intrusive Mm. thoughts typically focus on, right? Like response, focus on the baby. Focus on, I may get sick and be contaminated and harm the baby or be responsible for harming the baby. Oh, okay. So meaning like, what if I... 
take in some kind of toxin exactly or do something since since it's all it's all connected mm-hmm. and, and, then, then and then i'll harm the baby through being exposing myself to yes. something okay and then often with the postpartum one of like I mean, just clinically speaking, they're usually more violent. I've got some good lists here to go okay. over, of like we some will, common obsessions and compulsions with it. Let's let's get into that at some point. Yeah, um, I th- but I do yeah. think it's important to talk about like specifically what those are mm-hmm. because of so much misinformation out there as to like um. if I have these really. Bizarre thoughts, what that means. Gosh, so I think it could be which, helpful. Which is the metacognition. Yeah. Right? Hey, uh, like, what does having this thought mean? Mm-hmm. Right? Which is important. And your, part of your public service part of this is yeah. for people to know, oh, you can have this thought, and it, it may not mean totally. something bad. Totally. Also, I think it's helpful for just the public in general because there is a lot of... Um, like news stories and things about people who've had like postpartum psychosis, which is different than postpartum OCD, and having actually harmed their children okay. then. And so there's a lot of fear of, oh my gosh, if somebody reports these bizarre thoughts, yeah. does that mean they are going to act on them? Or totally. and so a lot of people don't want to report that they've had them. Mm-hmm. And if people hear That's about okay. it, so they're suffering this stuff. Yeah, with this and, belief that it means something terrible. Sure. Yeah. And then if people hear about it. Um, they may, right, like, take the wrong treatment approach, to put it lightly. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so, I guess first, I feel like you hear more about postpartum depression. Yeah. Right? Well, I was thinking about it, too, uh-huh. in prepping for this podcast. It is more common, I mean, part of it can be because there's this fear around reporting postpartum OCD. Yeah. Um... But, so, it's, uh, that one's about 1 in 10, are the numbers as high as 1 in 10. For um, depression. For postpartum depression. 1 in 10, okay. Yeah, it, it can be really high. Yeah. Um, and the consequences, what people are really concerned about, too. I mean, there's all kinds of not great consequences, right? Yeah. Who wants to be depressed and having a baby, but mm-hmm. there's a higher rate of suicide. Oh, and okay. so, people are really, um, right, like, there's a lot put out there for public service gotcha. <laughs> um, announcements and just, you know, doctors having a lot of education about it because of that awful okay. consequence. I get you. Whereas with postpartum OCD, one of the beauties of this, uh-huh. it's a lower rate. So yeah, what's the, the rate? numbers are not great because there is such low reporting of oh, okay. it. But they do say it can be up to 5% of five, new five mothers. Percent. Wow, okay. Mm-hmm would be clinically significant for postpartum um, OCD. One in, one in 20. 20, right? Yeah, which is still... It's a lot. That's, that's a, a lot. lot, yeah. A lot for something that's not talked about. Yeah, for that, I mean, you, you really don't hear about it. Yeah. Um, and the other piece being, um, which I'm sure women with postpartum, or people with postpartum OCD want to know about, is that, right, like, there is, part of it isn't, because there isn't that piece of, like, people aren't actually harming their kids. Yeah. Right? Like, uh-huh. there's the fear of, but people aren't doing it. They are not, people with postpartum OCD or perinatal OCD are not killing their children or harming their children. They That's are, the meaning-making They're piece. just internally suffering. They're, they're suffering a whole lot, yes, because of the it. thoughts. Yeah. But they're not, they don't act on those thoughts. Do, do you know how, which, which is important, right? It says, again, me- metacognitive belief. There's a difference between having a thought and, and doing it. an action. Mm-hmm. Right? That those are two distinct yes. things. And having a thought, in fact, 
doesn't make it any more likely you'll take the action. Totally, yeah. right? Yeah. Which is in, in sessions when I'm thinking of this stuff, I'm like, I'm thinking of throwing this thing in the window and I'm mm-hmm. thinking it and now I'm imagining myself picturing it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm telling myself, I'm doing it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right now. But I don't actually do it because mm-hmm. having, having a forwarded image. On a podcast, he's not throwing anything out the window yeah. right now. <laughs> I've yet to, you probably hear it. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so, oh, and the um, other interesting piece with the postpartum OCD, at least, not so much with, they don't look at it so much as um, when people are pregnant, but postpartum mm-hmm. at least, it affects fathers a lot too. There's not, again, oh, okay. not great rates on it. Um, oh. But I was doing a little great bit of research. Great rates, uh, not report, yeah, not a lot of research okay. with um, great percentages reported on it mm-hmm. as to how significant or how many fathers yeah. report having this, but they do. Mm-hmm. Um, the other piece, what I was when I was doing some research on this, was that up to eighty percent of new mothers report having weird, bizarre thoughts. Oh, interesting. So that is okay. incredible, and fathers too. It, it's incredibly common, uh-huh. but it just doesn't reach the level of like OCD, right? And oh, it doesn't get, it doesn't trigger them to necessarily have compulsions. They may have yeah. the weird, intrusive thoughts, uh-huh. but they don't act on it. Got you. Which, um, having done this work, uh, then personally having a kid two years ago, I told like. I got a weird and awful intrusive thought after the birth of my second daughter, and I was like, oh, no, I know what this is. I hate this, and had to know, like, okay, this is what I got to actually, like, think this thought. I mean, I'm jumping ahead. But um, the more that I try not to think this thought, the more it's going to grab my attention. and Mm -hmm. The more important it becomes. Yeah, so I need to, like, let myself think this thought or at least not try to fight it when it comes and yeah I can talk about it in a bit but yeah it was awful um but like incredibly common and with yeah, the research yeah super common yeah there's different theories right because the, this is the why like, like yeah. why is this so common yeah exactly that's going to be my next question what why is this so common and what so there's like a biological basis you know what they look at of course obviously there's a lot changing in women's bodies during pregnancy and after birth, mm-hmm. um, uh, progesterone and estrogen rates really rapidly um, increasing during pregnancy. Okay. Um, and rapidly decreasing with birth, plus oxytocin um, increasing after birth. And so, like, your hormones are doing all kinds of wild, crazy things uh-huh. during these times. And so there's that piece of it. Which, which influence emotions and thinking. Influence emotions and, right, with oxytocin. Tocin, um being connected to serotonin, and there being some thinking that serotonin regulates some of the pieces with OCD. So okay. with such sudden changes in your oxytocin rates when you're having a baby, that mm-hmm. that could be it. Gotcha. Um, so, but again, then why would it happen to fathers? Like, that's, that's the piece mm-hmm. that's like, okay, if this is a purely biological piece, like their mm-hmm. hormones are not doing these drastic changes, so why would... Are they changing? Do, do you know a father's hormone? I... Not in the same rates. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> a little less physically. I, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if, like... Yeah, sure. Like, you know, since social experiences change hormonal processes, I'm sure fathers are having something going on. Yes. But, yeah, I guess you're not, not as drastically not the same. Yeah. as mothers. Sure. Um, and so then the other piece being, right, this, like, responsibility, which... Uh, feeds right into, I mean, you and I do a lot of OCD work, feeds right into a lot of those metacognitive beliefs when it comes to OCD, that, like, the high 
um, need for or belief of responsibility, like that I have, I am responsible for more mm-hmm. than I actually am. Yeah. Um, and then, so you're already primed for that, and then throw in this piece of like, here is a defenseless, tiny little baby that can't do anything the without Rudy you. The is like only alive because you are protecting it. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Zero. So that's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, zero defenses, zero way of providing for itself. Yeah. Totally on you. Totally. Um, so there's like that theory yeah. that goes into it too because... Yeah, that, that triggers... So basically like it's so defenseless, you're connected, there's an actual real-life massive increase in responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that that triggers... Is that like a triggering your threat system to be? Yes. I mean, that's totally yeah. how I think of this yeah like if I already think like oh my gosh I am responsible for this tiny little thing Mm -hmm. yeah my threat system is going to go off and see threat everywhere scanning for threats Mm -hmm. trying to anticipate potential threats yeah right and um, want certainty that there isn't going to be any threats Mm -hmm. which is you know exactly yeah to calm the threat system down Mm -hmm. and so yeah feeding right into that that piece yeah um yeah, that, yeah. Oh, what, I, what there hasn't been a lot of research on, which I think could be really awesome, is to look at that piece of the pregnancy OCD. Like, if they're in, like, a heterosexual relationship, are their partners having increased OCD while they're pregnant as yeah. well? Or is it just after the baby comes up? Is it just postpartum? Right? Because there uh-huh. is so much more, like, you are responsible for it when you're pregnant because it's kind of like how you're eating and the lifestyle you're uh-huh. living that your partner has less direct influence sure. versus then, like, when the baby comes, you can have a lot more influence as and, yeah. a partner. Who is part of that mm-hmm. inner circle is going to be sharing responsibility. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So I would, I would just be curious on that. Yeah. Because that would talk more to, like, yeah, a responsibility model than it would strictly a biological model mm-hmm. for why this happens. Um, I'm going to go on a limb here and say very challenging thing of uh it's probably multiply determined right it's probably you know i feel like that's the answer to everything sure multiply determined yes Uh uh-huh okay so so that's kind of the why and like why this is so common where this comes from i think you said too the reason why it's despite being common not widely talked about is because the intrusions are scary and the idea of if i talk about it and report it people may, like, freak out or, like, misinterpret what it means. Totally. And I was, I mean, and I don't think that's unfounded totally. I think that's part of why there needs to be more education. So I was at a conference, the International OCD Foundation Conference in L.A. three years ago. Mm -hmm. I went to a talk with a group of psychiatrists who focused on um, postpartum OCD, and they were contacted by a psychiatrist colleague um, who was working in, in a hospital, who a person had been hospitalized because she reported this mm. to her doctor, and they hospitalized her. Not, hospitalized her because they thought she was a threat to and her she, child. So, so it was misinterpreting yeah. intrusive thoughts in OCD for... For postpartum psychosis. Psychosis, yeah. actual like, risk. Exactly. And so then they brought in this group who was like, no, this is not what's happening. She is yeah. not a harm to her child. Yeah. She is suffering greatly, yes, but yeah. it's not that she needs to be separated from her child. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that there needs to definitely be a lot more education. And so it makes yeah. sense that people would be scared about reporting this. A, I think even just like the stigma of, right, do I seem like a monster for right. thinking this yeah. about... My 
tiny little innocent perfect baby and then b are people going to take my baby away from me or you know lock me up or something yeah. mm-hmm. um so it, it makes sense that it would be really underreported or people would be scared about talking about it i mean i think even with like ocd in general right like people are much more there's much more um in the media about things like contamination than there is about things like harm OCD, you right, know? Yeah. E- even though the harm OCD is so common. It's so common so and common, right? works yeah. on the same premise of things mm-hmm. like contamination OCD. Yeah. Um, so harm OCD being I have intrusive thoughts about harming myself or others. Yeah. Um, which again is different than like a delusion where I... So um, when it comes to things like psychosis mm-hmm. and delusions, that is what we would call like egocentonic. I mean, we might not in a CBT world that call that, but like yeah. people do call that like that is in line with my worldview or how I see myself. Mm-hmm. Seems like, you know, when I have this delusion, I believe it. Yeah. Yep, that's a good idea. I should act on it. Versus with OCD, part of the diagnosis is that it's ego dystonic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have this thought, and that's really upsetting to me. That is not who I want to be. That's not how I view the world. This is not what I like. Um, and, and there's a sort of thought or a fear of, oh, what if... What, what if, if it is? What if I like this, or what if this is something that I want? And that alone, I think, is mm-hmm. indicative of like it's being dystonic. Yes. You like don't you don't like that thought? It doesn't feel right. Yes. And what if like? But that's the hard thing. Yeah, with OCDs, all you have to do is say like, but what if? Yeah. What if I do? Yeah. But somebody with psychosis not saying what if I it do isn't questioning. Mm-mm. Yeah. They're just they agree. Yeah. So um, yeah, that piece of this right is. Mm-hmm is why what makes it OCD, like mm-hmm. perinatal OCD, is that like people are having these thoughts but they're not acting on them because it's not in line with, with their worldview or who they are or what they like or what they want to do. And, and part of my thinking, that responsibility model, I'm not sure this is for everybody, but when I've seen it, to me it's felt pretty clearly like it, the responsibility. It's triggering a lot of the thoughts because the thoughts are like, uh, don't let this terrible thing happen. Mm-hmm. This terrible thing would be bad. Mm-hmm. You don't want this to happen. They're all like sort of outcomes you don't want to have happen. Definitely. You know, which is part of that like threat system, anticipating things that could go wrong and giving you a flash of don't let this happen. Here's this thing. Be aware of this. Don't miss this potential risk. Which makes yeah. sense, right? Like with a, a baby or mm-hmm. a fetus that there could be bad outcomes if you aren't responsible, right? Totally. If you're not taking care of it. But it's sort of taking that and turning it up a hundred yeah. notches mm-hmm. like to where it starts interfering with your ability to take care of yourself and, and the baby, mm-hmm. right? It starts acting on itself. Like I, people will avoid being with their babies or avoid being alone with their babies. And so, right, this very thing that's supposed to be there to help you to take better care of your yeah. your child actually ends up acting on itself and that you can't take care of your child or can't take care of yourself I'm because sure. yeah. you become so distressed with and, these thoughts. And I think that this is true for, for, all, for all OCD. I'm sure it's, it's the same for for this one that the thought itself is fairly common and it may well have this sort of underlying protective idea behind why it's popping up at first but so the problem is not that initial thought popping in it's the grabbing that thought and worrying and ruminating and dedicating all your attention to it and then treating that thought as though it's 
dangerous and important and then starting to change your life so that Mm-hmm. You, you don't have the thought. Yeah, don't have the or thought. Or that outcome of the thought you doesn't make sure true. the thought doesn't happen. Or you argue with the thought, or you're pulled into you know the obsess- assessing part of like, you know worrying, ruminating on it, mm-hmm. and then starting to change your behavior so you're avoiding yes the triggers of the thought. Yes, I'm gonna right. do something so I don't think that thought. So I I, yeah. I do think it's important yes, because of, the to talk about what some of the thoughts are because. Yeah. Like I said, it's really common in people even without OCD, mm-hmm. um, but even more so, you know, kind of the start of the problem for people with OCD. Um, so I have a couple different lists here from awesome. different so, sources. So are these sort of the most common yeah, intrusions these, that, um, that are like um, expected in new parents have? Different uh, clinical observations and, and research, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are going to be upsetting, but these are really common scary thoughts, scary right? Thoughts. Yeah. This is why it's an anxious in Austin podcast. Yeah. Talk about anxious thoughts, scary yeah. thoughts. So, so scary um, images and thoughts to have. Yeah, common intrusive or scary obsessions or intrusive thoughts that people with perinatal OCD have are um, the idea that the baby could die in their sleep, mm-hmm. um, thoughts of putting a baby in a microwave. Fear of accidentally harming a child through carelessness, disturbing thoughts of sexually abusing a child, mm-hmm. and this might, well, I'll talk about the compulsions afterwards. Um, fear of being responsible or giving the child a serious disease, um, accidentally harming the fetus or child through exposures to medications, environmental toxins, germs, chemicals, or certain foods, uh, thought of stabbing the baby, thoughts of drowning the baby in the bath. Oh, I think a common one. Thoughts of poking the baby in the soft spot, the fontanelle in their head. Mm-hmm. Um, unwanted Im- impulse or images of shaking the baby to see what would happen. Mm-hmm. Those are some... I'm trying to think of other... I said sexually abusing baby, right? Yep. That's mm-hmm. a common one. Um, so those are some of the, the big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people will do things in response to that, right? Like, so that okay, creates... Okay, so that's the obsession, That's the obsession, right? the intrusive thought. Yeah. And so now the compulsions the compulsion, are a response yes. to these. So those obsessions, as I'm sure with anybody listening, like, it's upsetting. It's scary. It's disturbing. And then it's imagine this is thoughts. you and your fetus or your, your infant um, mm-hmm. that you care about so much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's incredibly upsetting. And so it causes this really high yeah. increase in anxiety or and, just and discomfort. Again, I want to sort of emphasizes too that in between the obsession and the compulsion is the you know part of the obsession is that you have this disturbing thought or image and you, you interpret that yeah, as you being meaning. important mm-hmm. so oh no this must mean I want to do this mm-hmm. or this must mean I'm a terrible person because who would who would have this thought or this means it's more likely it's going to happen or this might mean if I have enough of these I'm going to Start act to, on it. to act on it or want it or something. So these are taking a thought or an image that's probably popping in for a pretty lots new, of people. New, if everybody for a pretty neutral reason, but then if you interpret it to mean these things, mm-hmm. then that's when it starts to trigger the threat response, worry and rumination, and then that leads us into yeah, focusing on it. Yes, and then the compulsion is done to try to kind of neutralize that that feeling mm-hmm. of anxiety or discomfort. Um, that is created through the meaning making of it. Um, yeah, so things like 
um, avoiding changing diapers or if you're sexually abusing a child. A common one I've seen clients is like avoiding giving their children baths or having their partner give a bath or only mm-hmm. giving a bath when their partner's with them or somebody else is with them. Mm-hmm. Um, monitoring for self-perceived inappropriate sexual arousal. So, yeah, so checking. Did I, yeah, it, did I yourself. feel aroused when I did that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, avoid feeding a child for fear of accidental poisoning. Um, a common one like washing hands a lot I think throwing away food you know maybe you prepared food and then throwing it away because mm-hmm. what if something you worry it's contaminated mm-hmm. in some way um trying to think of other ones oh repeated checking on the baby to make sure or while he or she sleeps mentally reviewing tasks and events in an attempt to get reassurance that one has not harmed a child or been responsible for harming a child mm-hmm. um I think a big one too is getting reassurance from family members or partner Mm-hmm. You know, like, did I do that, or is the baby okay, or yeah. was it okay to do this, or did I feed them this, or did I, mm-hmm. did so, I touch so them? So reassurance from people mm-hmm. that, you, that you were good and didn't do a bad. Yeah, you didn't act on a harm, that thought. Harm the child some way. Mm-hmm. You weren't able to reassure yourself, so you reassure, get reassurance from somebody else. Yeah, those are, those are the common ones, and then I think a lot that we, that maybe aren't always listed or people don't always realize is, like, the trying to suppress a thought, trying to mm-hmm. on purpose distract so that I don't like repl- thought replacement. Yeah, or, um, or neutralizing it by saying, mm-hmm. no, no, I love my baby yes. and here's the evidence Giving for this. Giving myself reassurance. I'll, I'll bring this up and argue with it and disprove it. I've always it. wanted this baby. Yeah, we yeah. tried really hard to get this baby. I wouldn't hurt it. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that serves to do then when I do this is temporarily give me relief. Um, it's it's short, um, but quick. So hence why it gets reinforced, yeah. um, and reinforces like, wow, that thought is important. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was a big deal because I needed to do something to make it go away. Yeah, so wow, it's treating I, it as a really important thought. Yeah, which you know, feedback loop must be an important thought. Yes. Therefore, probably give it to you more often. Yes, and I I wouldn't have been able to tolerate the discomfort from that thought that would have lasted forever it never would have changed kind of my level of anxiety or discomfort would have stayed at this high point for a very long time Mm -hmm. or or else look luckily I did this thing that's why I didn't act on it Mm -hmm. that's That's the only reason I'm safe so it keeps that belief alive that the thought is threatening yes so so that's the problem right Mm -hmm. Um, and it yeah I think we've talked about this a lot I hate OCD. Like, I don't hate people with OCD. I hate the disorder of OCD because it's yeah. a jerk. Like, yeah. that is, that's so mean. Talk about, like... All right, yeah, whatever your, whatever you your softest, about. warmest spot is where it will poke you. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you I You care about this thing? Okay, well, then let me hit you, hit you with the, the worst aspect of that. Yeah. Yeah. I always give the example of, like, OCD would never pick golf for me because I just do not care. Like, it would not get reinforced. It would not... There would not be a lot of meaning making there. Like you're a terrible golfer. Mm-hmm. You it's like okay, it's, it's not gonna hold my attention. It picks what you care the most about. What's yeah, like most what important to you. you. Yeah. So it's real. Yeah, I I talk about sometimes as uh, like OCD or anxiety, but especially OCD. It it's gonna try to bait its hook. Like it's trying to hook you into grabbing and starting that worry rumination process and changing your behavior based on it. So it will try different bait, mm-hmm. whatever you will respond to, by going, oh man, that one's really important. I better, I better grab that hook. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah, it, it will try different baits and it'll see which one you get a response from. So whichever one you care about the most, it's going to keep baiting that hook, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This worked. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, then we can talk about treatment. Yeah, sort of. what, what do you do with this? I mean, I sort of feel like every podcast we do ends up in the same place, so. <laughs> of... Well, of treat, right, like the, treat it. Yes, yeah. or like right. But I guess what is interesting we can talk yeah. a bit about is like the difference being with OCD mm-hmm. as compared to you know like a simple phobia or something is the content is not. I, I mean, the content in any anxiety disorder is not important, but especially in OCD, the content is not what the problem is. Because it'll change, as you right, yeah. and I have Just both seen. Change, change the bait. Yes, as soon as you start, you know, getting okay with the thought on one thing, it's going to try to go to something else yeah. to see if it can hook you. Oh, that doesn't work anymore? What about this? Because yeah. it, it wants to stay alive and keep doing its thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so, so then give us, cause, you know, give, us, give us the quick overview of the basic kind of treatment stuff, and then we can go into, you know, the some examples or details or something. Sure. So I think of it common, right, of, like, identifying what are the thoughts um, mm-hmm. specifically. I, I do think it's helpful, like, just for people to identify, like, the, yes, I'm not 100% sure, but I think this content is OCD-related. Yeah. Um, so identifying thoughts, um, I do then... Which, identify- which labeling those as mm-hmm. OCD thoughts rather than... Then they're really Me. important actual mm-hmm. thoughts. Things I mean, should care about yeah. and So it's giving us a little bit of distance going, yes. okay, that's an OCD thought. Um, and working, and I do some of the, right, like, what does it mean about me if I have this thought? So some of the, like, metacognitive. So what's the meta-belief? Piece. Yeah, what know? are my beliefs about having this what? thought? If I have this thought, what does it mean mm-hmm. about me or the future? Or yeah. Because it does that same, very same thing. Of I can start to diffuse a little from the thought, mm-hmm. especially if I can see, like, how my meta-beliefs play into it. Mm-hmm. Um and then, I mean, you want to see exposure and response prevention in action and work well. It works with this mm. quickly and effectively. Um, so yeah. then the behavior piece of um, leaning into it, right? Mm-hmm. Like Moving towards the anxiety yes, rather than running away from it. As opposed to running away from the thought or feeling when I have it, um, starting to, right, starting with, like, doable steps. Doesn't have to mean doing all of it or the worst thing. Yeah. First, um, but starting to lean into it, starting to face the bully, starting to say, bring it on, as opposed to, I need to run from you because you're terrified. What might that look like? Um, totally depends on the person. But even, okay, thinking of some of these pieces, right, mm-hmm. like starting to incorporate foods that maybe you've been avoiding if you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe reduce checking or reassurance seeking from partners and family members. Gotcha. Um, and then, right, when you get further into it, it's thinking the thought on purpose. So when I said, oh. like, after my second daughter that I had an intrusive thought, mm-hmm. that's what I did. I mean, I could knew, since I do this, I knew what that was right yeah. away. And I was like, oh, this that's so mean. Like, why stupid jerk thoughts, like why would I have this awful thought of my awesome baby? And mm-hmm. so I didn't, I was mad because I didn't want to, but I knew yeah. what I had to do. I started thinking the thought on purpose. Oh, gotcha. and so, so the thought that like causes the distress and normally triggers that threat avoidance mm-hmm. response, run away. instead of running away from it, run, run toward towards it. it, which means thinking it, on think it again 
again, mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, come on, bully, give me another punch. Yep. What you got? Think, thinking the thought, saying the thought out loud. Maybe That's what I did. Yep. Said it out loud. Thought it on purpose. Yep. Yep. Deliberately picturing the images mm-hmm. yeah, until with, with the idea of it's a thing important to say. Oh yeah. The more you do it, it will. The less power it has. Yeah. The less power it has. The less anxiety and, yeah, and producing it was. The less yeah. um, disturbing. I mean, not yeah. less disturbing, but the less emotionally disturbing. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. It and, and it kind of drops. I think the point of it is, again, in a metacognitive way, the point of doing that in my mind is to take the thought from being super important thought to. Oh, it's just a thought. Mm-hmm. It's an event that happens in my mind. Yeah. It's just a thought or an image. It's not a super important thing yes. that I need to change my life based on. Totally. Yeah. And so, the con- I mean, I think that's an important piece. The content of the thought never changed. Mm-hmm. It's not like I stopped thinking this awful thought. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, the importance of the thought changed. It was like, oh, that's that's a crappy thought as opposed to like, oh my gosh, don't think that thought. Oh my gosh, why'd you yeah, think that thought? It's a dangerous thought. Mm-hmm. It's an evil thought, whatever. Mm-hmm. It becomes like, oh, okay, yeah, that's, that's a... That's that. Uh, it's, thought. it's a thought. Yeah. It's a thought. It's an OCD thought. Mm-hmm. Same kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's the point of doing the exposure with response prevention. Yeah. The response prevention meaning just like not doing your compulsions, basically. Yeah. Not avoiding. Um, so, yeah, that's what treatment looks like which is hard it, it is sounds, not it sounds really and, and I've, I've done some of this too <laughs> it is it's really hard and it's really hard I think to tell people okay let's take you know get your baby and go stand near the oven you I know? know it's really hard it's, but it's I, hard I, to ask and it's hard to yeah. I think the beauty of this is right like luckily I, at least clinically of what I've mm-hmm. seen um, is that it can change really quickly that's Is interesting. That, okay. Um, people, because right, they've been working so hard to avoid this thought or avoid, you know, doing their compulsions. Which, again, is the thing that's feeding this and exactly. making it stronger. Uh-huh. And so seeing that, wow, this maybe starts off as, like, in feeling incredibly important or incredibly terrible, and I've been avoiding it at all costs. Wow, it's really not, it's pretty quickly not as terrible as I thought it would be and okay. getting to see that like the avoidance mm-hmm. is the thing that's keeping it alive gotcha. so so once you start intervening actually the distress drops off yeah pretty pretty quick because you're breaking the system apart totally so you're yes not you're not, you it don't anymore. have the buy-in yeah you're kind it. of starving it out yeah um and the beauty of it is like because the content you know can shift so much with ocd mm-hmm. I, I don't know this in particular but um I, my guess is because like the content is really focused on the baby mm-hmm. or the fetus um with somebody who doesn't it's not perinatal ocd right the content can really shift to lots of different things but this really was just triggered by one thing that's, that's interesting okay. yeah it doesn't seem so, to so, okay so once you kind of take that particular yeah it might like try to pop up in sort of different ways but it's still focusing on like mm-hmm. your role as a parent or the you know. and, and I can imagine too, because it's it's, it's a new role. There's really high responsibility, and it's really important to you. In comparison, one of the other traditional yeah. OCD contents won't have the same weight. Yes, that if I get HIV, does doesn't feel doesn't the feel same. Yeah, as important because that's such a priority in your mm-hmm. life at that time. Okay, yeah. that theoretically makes sense to me. So I mean, yes, I don't know. This is a very small sample size, and, yeah. but what I've seen clinically is like, yeah, because it is focused so much on this specific content, mm-hmm. when you're really addressing 
and doing the work, the response prevention piece for an exposure that, like, it's not like all of a sudden now I start having OCD about other things. It's really stays to that, and so it can get you better mm, pretty quickly. Okay. So, so if if someone's listening to this and they think, oh, okay, I've got some of this, some of this going on, what would you recommend people doing? Um, I mean, I would say for anybody doing any kind of OCD or anxiety work, what is difficult but doable mm-hmm. as far as leaning into it? Okay. Right? Like, not everybody's going to do what I did of, like, thinking my thought on purpose mm-hmm. and saying it out loud, and I would think it even while I was holding the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, that, yeah, that that's not going to be a good starting place for everybody. But, you know, if I'm not eating certain food or if I am trying to get reassurance from a parent like what is a, a step yeah, small, small steps yeah. that you can take that go against what the OCD is telling exactly. you exactly like we often think of a anxiety scale or mm-hmm. a subjective units of distress scale from like 0 to 10 like 0 no anxiety 10 like worst anxiety ever so I think like what's a 3 mm-hmm. 4 like what what's difficult but doable something I could try out um, but I do think like, because OCD is created by your own brain, it can be hard to do it for yourself. Yeah. It's really tough. I mean, like, I love, like, the mind, the Mindful Way Through OCD. Uh-huh. The, is that the workbook? What's the workbook? The Mindfulness OCD workbook. Anywho, something like that. I love it. It's great. Uh-huh. Even if I can't think of the specific title right now. I just think this is a hard thing to do for yourself. So it can be really helpful... To have somebody else, uh-huh. you know, so, who's so, not so of your brain. Like finding a psychologist. Yeah, to, I just think it can be a psychologist who has experience yes. working, and and specifically someone with, who does exposure with response prevention. Yes, just for, for, OCD. for OCD, that's it works so well. Yeah, it's you, hard you, to you do. You pretty much need to have that. Otherwise, OCD is just too mm-hmm. smart and twisty. Mm-hmm. You can't. It's harder to just kind of talk your way out of it. Yeah, and I'm. Um, yeah, I, I, <clears throat> I just think, yeah, it's really smart and twisty and it's going to try to pop up in different ways and kind of trick you into like, but what if this and what if that? It can be, mm-hmm. I mean, not to say like this is the only way to do it. Definitely people have had a lot of help from like workbooks and such. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's probably a faster, more effective way to yeah. work with somebody who works with this specifically. And it's, I'd say the hardest part it, like that cognitive piece of it is hard, right? Because the content is something you hear so much about. Yeah. Um, so, and but I think once you start doing the exposure piece, it can go pretty quickly, which is good news. It's good news. Mm-hmm. It's like the yeah. hardest part is the upfront, uh-huh. and then it gets a little easier going into it. Um, but I do think that there definitely needs to be more training and education for OBGYNs because. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people are terrified to talk to their doctors about it for good reason, because a lot of OBGYNs are really scared of postpartum psychosis, right? Like, and so you hear, I'm having thoughts of harming my baby. They don't always know what that is. Um, and so they might not always have the best treatment route gotcha. for it. Okay. So I think that, um, yeah, there needs to be a lot of education in that realm. Just for so people are suffering less, and yeah. so they're getting appropriate effective treatment and not getting further harmed and traumatized right, yeah. for okay. this thing that's actually really common. Yeah. So that I think that's the part that I feel most kind of passionate about. Awesome. awesome. So spread the word. Yeah. Yes. 
Talk to make, your... make it okay for people to tell. Yeah. Tell each other, and especially medical yes. folks, when they're having intrusions, and the intrusions are upsetting. Totally. I mean, I've talked to OBGYNs in Austin, and mm-hmm. they said, like, wow, yeah, I've had patients who've told me this, but not until after they had they were pregnant with their second kid because they were so scared of telling me when they first oh, had the baby. Okay, yeah. And so, yeah, like just kind of starting to normalize it a bit because, right, like it has been really effective getting the word out about postpartum depression. Yeah. Everybody knows about it. Yeah. And so when people talk about it, there is not the same like huge shame piece. Mm-hmm. And so I think if a lot of a lot more education could come about this, it could be the same thing of like the goal is to have a good attachment between you know, your baby and caregivers, and if this really can get in the way of that, um, that's that's something to address. Okay. Um, Seems good. Yeah. Trying to and, think if there's anything else. Yeah. Anything else? I think time-wise, they were pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Um. So if you do have questions about this specifically, oh, I will say. Um, IOCDF.org, the uh-huh. International OCD Foundation, is a great resource for finding um, people who treat OCD using exposure with response prevention, mm-hmm. wherever you may be. Um, and just they're great for like education and stuff, too. Mm-hmm. So Do you think they resource. would have more information on this? Yes, they definitely on, have on more information okay, about cool. this. Um, yeah, it's a good place to begin, good. at least. Good place to go and look and, and find people. Find treatment who, and who, just who find education and information, yeah. for sure. Sounds good. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for. Um, yeah. Thanks for letting me talk about. Yeah. Thanks. This thing that thanks I for sharing think all is this, pretty fascinating. All this cool stuff. Um. Yeah. And if you have again not specific treatment questions mm-hmm. for us, but questions and things you want us to talk about on yeah. this podcast, um, Thomas at anxietyaustin.com or Marianne at anxietyaustin.com. Yeah. Um. Welcome. Yeah. W- welcome. We'll questions. Welcome some feedback. Comments. Whatever. All that good stuff. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening to Anxious yeah. Austin. We'll talk to you again next time. Sounds good. Okay. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.